Hi, everyone. It's Melinda Garvey with the See It To Be It podcast. This week, we have another great interview with an incredible role model. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the See It To Be It podcast. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey. And as always, every week, we bring you an incredible female role model. And this week is no different. So I'm super excited to introduce you to Sandy Weiner. She is an empowerment coach and author. And I also hear she does some dating coaching. So we might get into that a little bit too during this time of COVID-19. But welcome, Sandy. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Oh, great to be here, Melinda. Thank you. As everyone knows, I always like to go way back and just tell me what your big dream was when you were growing up. What do you think you were going to be when you grew up? I think I thought I was going to be an artist, which I was for most of my life. I was told from a young age, oh, you're so good at art. You're so good at art. And so creativity was always a part of me. And I was a practicing artist until 13 years ago when I pivoted for the Mm -hmm. first time to become a life coach and then a dating coach and then a woman's empowerment coach. Wow. Well, let's talk about that word pivot because of course, you know, during the time that we're in right now, you know, we have been locked down or semi-locked down for many months with COVID-19. And that seems to be quite the buzzword about pivoting and just the ability to pivot and sort of do something new. So let's talk about your pivot and what drove you to do that and what you think you need to have to be able to successfully pivot. Well, the pivot to become a life coach came from my divorce. After 23 years, I left my husband and I was unhappy for most of those years. I just didn't know what was possible. And I realized that I had left behind a part of me during the marriage. So he's a comedian. Um, I had a whole other life with him where I was a comedy writer, edited video, and I was sort of the big picture person and he was the minutia person. And we did really well in our work together. But I always loved helping people. And if you look back in my high school yearbook, it said Sandy's the go-to person when you have a problem. She's always great at helping you figure it out. And in college, while I was studying art and getting a fine arts degree, I also was studying art therapy for a while. I was trying to sort of combine my love of art and my love of therapy. And I didn't love the program, so I abandoned it. So divorce had me like really recalibrate, like where have I lost myself and what do I need to reclaim? And that part of myself where I had undervalued who I was, and I have to say also with the art, I was doing a lot of one-off commissions, never feeling like I was making the money that was valuing the work that I did. And with coaching, which somebody sent me a link to coaching because I was thinking of social work and psychology and coaching just suited my personality. It's short-term, it's very goal-oriented, which I am. It's a lot of common sense and it's also creative. So I was able to use my creativity in the coaching, and then eventually, you know, make it into the careers that I have today. That's great. And I think going back to your high school yearbook about, you know, the go-to person wanting to help sort of probably fed not only that skill set within you, but probably that need within you to be able to do that. Well, so tell us a little bit about what you're doing now, and particularly about sort of this a concept that's part of your book about creating sort of a woman of value and helping women sort of know their value. 
Yeah, so I lost my value <laughs> along the way. And I think that in rediscovering my value and stepping more fully into it, that became my focus in coaching. And so it started out with the dating coaching. And really the core of every woman who came to me was that she did not value herself enough to set limits, to speak up to know that she was worthy of great love. And so settling and getting into abusive relationships, it was very common. And I found that the work that I loved the most was helping women rise up and honor themselves. And so a few years ago, I said, you know, I really want to get into the corporate world in terms of women's empowerment and help all women to love themselves more, to speak up, to stop apologizing so damn much. So communication skills, boundaries, these are things that I've been teaching for the last 13 years. And so that's how I pivoted into the women's empowerment world. But the woman of value term came to me one day and I'd just been using it for years. And everyone in my dating world says, you know, I'm a woman of value. Like it's a term that they've really embodied. I had a session with somebody yesterday who just a single session she hired me for, and she came to me with so many issues of a lack of worth. And I said, well, what are you coming to me for today? And she said, I feel like it's hard to meet quality men. It was that she was actually pushing away quality men because she didn't think she deserved them. And so she blamed it on her weight and she blamed it on her upbringing and the money situation and all these other external things. But the bully inside her head was the worst of all. Mm -hmm. And so I gave her some really good, powerful exercises to work on every day to start to really value herself more. And I can guarantee that everything will start to shift. Very interesting. So in your book, you talk about three pillars of core confidence. Can you talk a little bit about that and sort of how you start? Because I mean, I think that, I mean, obviously identifying that, but how do you get people to actually this practice of having this core confidence and knowing their value? So the first pillar is to show up. We tend to hide. I did it most of my life. I hid from my power. I hid from public speaking. I was petrified of that. And I knew as soon as I became a coach that if I didn't get in front of a camera, have a podcast, do a TED talk, all the things that I ended up doing that were so not going to ever happen to me earlier in my life. But if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be able to reach as many people as I can today. And I wouldn't be able to empower them and to give them the tools that they need. So we need to show up more and not hide in our lives. So there are many steps in showing up. The second pillar is to stand up, to take a stand for what's important to us. We often know what's important, but we're afraid to speak up about it. And so the last pillar is about speaking up. And there's so many tools that we can learn. I found that in therapy, I was often told, just do this, but nobody gave me the how-to. And so what I love doing so much is to give people structure in this is how to start creating better habits so that these micro habits create a shift in you over time where everything is possible. I mean, so much, you know, where you really step into your value. Very, very powerful. So just when you talk about some of these steps, you know, if you were to sort of give out advice today to, you know, our listeners, you know, what's one step that they could do today that would make a huge impact and kind of start them on this path? Mm, how do you choose? <laughs> it's like picking your favorite okay, child, maybe, right? Maybe you can tell us two or three. Well, I think knowing your core values is a big one and a great exercise for that because I had no clue how to name them. 
So I'll do it with you. Would you be willing to do a little exercise? Sure. So if you could name five values that are important to you, what would they be? I'm going to write them down somewhere. Mm. You say values. Do you mean just five things that are important to me or actually looking at, you know, core values like trust or honesty or? It could be that family, creativity, whatever it is to you. Well, of course, family, you know, definitely high up there on the list. You know, integrity is really big for me. Unfortunately, I think we find that people aren't that way as much. So that's something that's super important to me. Let's see. I think that just a sense of community, you know, friendships and just really having those deeper level kind of core people in your life, super important. You know, I really value my work and what I do. You know, it's it's really about empowering people and empowering women. And it's super important to me. What else? It's so funny. I'm an ocean person. And so I really value, I mean, it is my happy place. And I, but just the sound and the, the smell and walking on the beach and just having that. So there you go. That's great. Okay. So let's now do what we call value strings. And so value strings are the words associated with each of your values. So if I ask somebody else, what is family to you? They might say getting together with my family once a month or having the big family get together, you know, so all of these things, religion, all all of these things are really unique to us. So I'm just going to ask you to kind of brainstorm some words that are important to you about family. Let's start there. I have a 12-year-old son. So, you know, my husband and I try to find a show that we can all watch together. You know, it's like finding those things that you can do together as a family, especially as he embarks on the teen years. And then certainly spending time with, you know, my parents and kind of our extended family is super important as well. Okay. Integrity. I think that people just, you know, showing up as they really are and, you know, just sort of honoring those relationships. Okay. And you mentioned community and friendships. So tell me more about that. Definitely, you know, getting together with that core group of people and just having that sort of, you know, deeper level connection, drinking wine, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And work. What's important about that? I think that it's important to make an impact and leave a legacy. So in anything I do, I don't just do it because it pays. I do it because it has impact and meaning. That's what's important to me. Beautiful. And ocean. Oh my gosh. Just walking the beach. That's my daily practice and sitting outside with my glass of wine and listening to the waves crash, sort of the sound and the smell, I guess. Yeah. So When we can identify these values, and thank you for sharing that with me. First of all, I got a better sense of who you are. It's richer, it's fuller. And when we know what drives us, we then focus on honoring those things. Because if we start letting other things get in the way of family, of integrity, being integritous, of having your ocean time, drinking wine with friends, then you end up with busyness and you end up taking yourself away from the things that are important to you. So setting priorities around those things and really looking at how we spend our time and energy really helps us to value ourselves and be valued by others. 
No, that's awesome. And it is just so clear. And I love the way you talk about, you know, if you don't identify those things and say them out loud, write them down, whatever it is, letting that busyness creep in. Because I think that is exactly what happens to all of us. You know, we let that and then we get to the end of a week and we go, like, what did I do this week? What did I really do that was meaningful to me? So that's awesome. That's a great practice. And I think that's something that everyone can do. They can sit down right now and just follow what you just said and at least just have that, you know, keep bringing themselves back to that. So thank you for that. Yeah, you know, this helps us with our yeses and our noes. What we say yes to, what we say no to. And Mm -hmm. in my boundary course, we talk a lot about that, about, you know, what boundaries do we need to set so that we can keep to these values? But before we set boundaries, we have to know the why behind it. What is important to us and what are we protecting? Well, and I think that certainly you hear a lot about boundaries. I think especially with women knowing what those are and not feeling guilty about it. You know, I think that's what I found is sometimes they even know, okay, I need a boundary around this, but they don't do it because they feel like then they're letting somebody else down. How do you overcome that, you know, mental challenge? Well, so back to the values that we just did. If you let yourself down, you're actually letting everybody down. And when you're more worried about somebody else than yourself, then you're shifting into something that's not you. And people don't really know you. They don't really know where you begin and end. And so you're not doing anybody a favor. And it's just such an important message that we have to get through our heads that we need to take care of ourselves first. And when that's taken care of, the right people will accommodate and will listen to our boundaries as we will listen to theirs. Very cool. Okay, so I did promise that we would talk a little bit about dating. It's interesting because you hear about little things or some of my friends that are, you know, single, some newly single, you know, and how do you date just in general? You know, how do you sort of find that right match? But then also dating during this crazy pandemic. And, you know, what are some tips that you would give for finding that right person? Then also, how do you do it when you have to social distance? (laughs) (laughs) Two very different things. I will talk about both. So the social distancing, I actually created a course called How to Find Love Online During the Pandemic. What I noticed was a lot of women were coming to me and saying, I think this is a great time to take a pause, take a break. I don't really want to date. I don't know how to date. And I thought it was a great time to go back to Victorian times and take sex off the table, take, you know, who pays on a first date off the table, all the big questions, and just get to know people like we used to. And so I thought this was a great time for intimacy in a whole new way. And the course that I created has a list of about 100 questions to choose from to really deepen connection. And I think these are tips that we can use whether we're in a pandemic or not. But to be able to get beyond the chit chat that people usually do on first dates or first phone calls, because we often really don't get to know each other. And again, knowing our values, knowing how we operate best helps us to get to know other people because we can share, you know, I don't answer texts after 10 p.m. I don't answer the phone after 9.30. We have to know these things in order to be able to express that. And the right person's going to say, okay, I'll call you before that. And the wrong person's going to get mad at you. So, you know, that, and also I had a whole lot of tips on video chatting, like there's games you can play and there's so many things you can do. So getting on video chat helps you at least get a sense of a person's energy. And then your other question, you know, so where do you even start? I'm a big fan of online dating. I think that a lot of people 
don't understand that online dating is necessary at this stage in life, or really at any stage. If you're not in college and you're not meeting people on a regular basis, get online, but learn how to do it in a way that's effective because most of us do it terribly. And so again, with your profile, you're describing who you are in a way that's compelling, not just a whole list of adjectives. Because, you know, if you got online and said, family's important to me, and so is the ocean, you would sound like a lot of other people who had those things that were important to them. But if you said, family's important to me, what that means is, I love doing activities with my son, now somebody watching this show on Netflix, now we have a sense of what you're drawn to. So, you know, I do everything from writing profiles to guiding women through the whole dating process. And honestly, most of it starts, it's just really about them understanding themselves better and being able to assert themselves and understand men also is a whole big part of it. We often think that men are hairy women <laughs> and they're not. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. And so where can our listeners find out about your dating course? They can go to lastfirstdate.com. That's my dating site. And they can join my Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date on Facebook. Yeah, the course ran twice. I'm debating on whether to run it again because some things are opening up. But I may run it because I think these tips are really beyond the pandemic. And, you know, for social distancing, again, you have to know what are your boundaries. If right. somebody isn't comfortable meeting somebody yet, then don't meet them. And if you are, then be really clear with what you want and need. No, that's awesome. Okay, well, as we're sort of winding down here, I would love to just ask you, what's sort of that go-to piece of advice that maybe you got while you were coming up in your career or that you always like to give out? I will tell you that the thing that held me back so much was putting people on a pedestal. I looked at other people and said, oh my God, I'll never be that. And I think we have to put ourselves on a pedestal and really understand that we have much more power and ability than we think and just trust that we can. Don't listen to naysayers. I mean, I had people who were like, oh, you're not making enough money coaching. You should just work at Starbucks. You'll get medical benefits. And I believed in myself and I kept going. And I think that, you know, you can't listen to all those other voices. You've just got to strengthen the voice inside. Yeah, I love that about not putting others on a pedestal. That's awesome. So tell our listeners how they can find out all about you. Because we know to go to lastfirstdate.com if you want dating advice. But where else can they find you? So they can find me on thewomanofvalue.com. And I have two podcasts. One is the Women of Value podcast. So there's a link on the website to the podcast. And the lastfirstdate.com has a podcast called Last First Date Radio. That one's been running about eight years, wow. I think. I have 420 episodes or something. It's really grown. And again, like, who am I to make a podcast? You know, here you are making a podcast. <laughs> like, whoever thought you would make a podcast? And then people find you and they learn and they grow and it's an amazing thing. So come join me. Well, and you have a new book. So tell us where they can find your book. I do. It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and in Love. And it is available on the Amazon and Kindle and paperback. Wonderful. Well, Sandy, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for your time. And thanks for going through that exercise. I think that that's a great takeaway for all of our listeners, something they can do today. So I really appreciate it. And we will definitely be watching to see what you do next. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the See It To Be It podcast. For more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, 
Subscribe to our free weekly newsletter featuring a new woman to watch each week and check out over a thousand more featured women at onthedotwoman.com. Know someone we need to feature? Reach out at onthedotwoman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.